What is social leadership and how does it sit alongside formal leadership? Try, learn, try. A willingness to question and the permission to challenge and be challenged is key. One of the statements I'd still stand by is that curiosity is a defining feature of a, a socially dynamic organisation. Hi, my name's Julian Stodd. Welcome to the podcast. In today's podcast, I want to explore whether this is a time for answers. In this uh, series of podcasts, I'm looking at some of my older writing, delving into the archive and providing a broader context around some of that work, both to share how my own thinking has evolved and to kind of position it in this broader notion of adapting to the social age. So this piece, I actually wrote on the 5th of March 2019, so it's quite recent, and it was based around one of the illustrations I'd done for social leadership in practice, which, which is just simply the words, what can you leave behind? So I'll read you some bits from the blog and then just share a bit of thinking around that. We are relocating from a space of certainty to a place of doubt. Our domain-based organisations, with the systems of education that feed them and the markets that sustain them, all evolving. This is not a time for answers, but rather a time for questions and to consider the mechanisms of sense-making that will help us to find the right ones. At heart, a curiosity, a willingness to ask not simply what we can carry forwards, but what we can leave behind. Systems, processes, beliefs and power. It takes a certain humility to ask these questions. So you can hear in this, this is a language um, really built a, a little bit out of frustration, if I'm honest. So, I, I, you know, as we'd all notice, organisations have a tendency to be good at adopting new things, both fads and really good work that may surround that. But what they're typically lousy at is putting things down, leaving things behind. So I'm setting this context of time of certainty to a place of doubt to reflect part of my own core understanding about the notion of the social age. And I use this work in the, the writing for the Change Handbook, which I've not yet published, but is certainly influencing my own thinking as I write it. And it uses this idea that we are not moving from one island of certainty to another. We're not moving from one place of stability to another place of stability. We're almost certainly leaving the shores of certainty into a time of constant change, or at least, you know, constant change for the discernible future. And that's important because in times of certainty, we can optimise uh, our organisations, we can codify strength, we can build replicability and scale according to known parameters. But when we understand the context of the social age, it's to say that those parameters that surround us are themselves changing. Hence that notion of a place of doubt. And as I was saying, you know, the type of organisation we can build in certainty is not the type of organisation that will help us thrive in times of doubt. Now, in this piece, I actually used this language for one of the first times, our domain-based organisations. Well, I've been writing about the socially dynamic organisation for a number of years to describe this emergent transnational type of organisation. But it's only in the last six months or so that I've started to settle on this language of domain-based organisations to talk about the past. So now we can say a domain-based organisation which holds codified strength, which worked well in times of certainty, 
can be stood up against a socially dynamic organization, which holds not just codified strength, but also this dynamic and adaptive type of community authority and can thrive in times of constant change. But it's not a case of one or the other. You kind of need both. So systems of education, systems of recruitment and training, and indeed compliance and regulation, all operate in that domain-based space. It gives us a known type of strength. But in the socially dynamic space, we can have a more evolutionary type of strength and a better ability to critique where we are on that journey. But I did say, you know, this is not a time for answers, but rather the time for questions. And that, I guess, ties into some of my core work around social leadership and communities and social learning. How can we hear the weak voices in the system that we may need to hear? Sometimes I write about unheard wisdom, and I use this language. It's easy to hear the voices that you want to hear, saying the things you want to hear within a known space. That's kind of easy. We can surround ourselves with those people. It's much harder to hear voices of disagreement and dissent, especially when those voices are often shared in places that are beyond our reach. I also said in this, it takes a humility to to ask the question, you know, to ask not what can we build, but what can we leave behind? And that's important because leaders, especially in our more modern dynastic types of organisation, are judged and rewarded on how they spend their three to five years. You know, what did you put in place? What did you achieve? As if achievement has to be about building something new. I suspect what we could do more of is the type of leader that can take things out, that can strip things back. If we looked more broadly at the difference between the domain-based organisation and the socially dynamic one, then one core aspect would be that domain-based organisations are bigger, they're overweight, whilst socially dynamic ones are, are lighter weight and smaller. They have less system process and control. But that doesn't mean they're anarchic and out of control. They, they keep the best of the old, build the best of the new. And their strength is held within their people rather than simply within rules. So the last piece, this, this article is only three paragraphs long. The last paragraph is this. When we are conditioned to frame situations and find the meaning fast, to maintain ambiguity, uncertainty and doubt for protracted periods can be hard. But remember, the winners will not necessarily be the ones that find an answer fast. They will be the ones that find the right questions. Now, that paragraph draws on a few different strands of my work. So one of them is that language about ambiguity. So in the research, I think I've been running for eight or nine years now, um, predominantly in a military context, actually, but in terms of understanding Uh, what are called black swan events, so unknown unknowns and uncertainty, and how formal systems, formal hierarchies, are very weak at dealing with those things. One of the key conclusions that I've drawn out of that repeatedly is that discomfort with ambiguity is very risky. Generally, organisations operate in a model where ambiguity is seen as bad. They like to find risk and mitigate it. They don't like uncertainty. And yet, our ability to hold open a space of ambiguity may be really important if it prevents us finding a new frame too fast. And I I started that paragraph saying, when we are conditioned to frame situations, and that draws directly out of work I was doing in probably 2012 to 2014, looking at the limitations of formal training, for example, um, for medics uh, in police uh, forces, first responders, 
Um, but it equally applies to any leader, how we are conditioned to walk into a situation and set a frame around what we see. We understand situations within a context. But if that context is wrong, as it may be in the ever-evolving context of the social age, then we misunderstand the problem. And I, I can try and give you an example of that. You know, understanding recruitment and engagement if we consider that we are still in the age of career and lifelong learning, and if we consider that people somehow owe us a debt because we pay them, then we will entirely fail to understand that the frame of work has changed. Engagement is a two-way track. We have to consider what reputation and pride people will take away from it, and we have to consider the ways that they will engage, not just within the global community, but at a local level too. So, um, the organization, or I guess you could say the individual social leader who will thrive, is not the one who finds strength in having answers, but the one that can hold open this space for ambiguity, that can consider what to leave behind, and that will realize that we will find answers, but we may need to make a long journey to do so. <laughs> <laughs>